Welcome, everyone, to episode six of Wrestling Conversations. Uh, thank you for taking the time for checking out the show today. Um, so before we get into the interview with our guest today, I want just to say um, to please uh, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, any platform that you use. Please leave us a review, leave a five-star rating. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, also, please follow the show on whether you call it Twitter now or X, whatever it is. Um, the The handle is at res, W-R-E-S, convo, C-O-N-V-O, pod, P-O-D. Um, you can get some show updates. I'm working on trying to get some more um, more activity on there, so that would be greatly appreciated. Um, so our guest today is Jeremy Lambert. So Jeremy is the lead, the lead wrestling writer at Fightful. Um, he also does some podcasts, uh, The Spotlight uh, with Steven Jensen, also In the Weeds uh, with Joe Pearl. So please check out those, uh, those podcasts. Check out some of uh, Jeremy's uh, written work on Fightful as well. Um, we get into some topics such as um, childhood memories of wrestling for Jeremy, how he got involved in um, writing podcasts, working with Fightful, um, and much more. So please give this conversation a listen. Welcome back, everyone, to Wrestling Conversations. Um, our guest today, Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, happy to do this, excited to do this and, uh, yeah, let's, let's get to it. Get to it. Um, so, you know, I've been kind of, and I talked to you about this off air a little bit too. I've been trying to kind of experiment with, um, I'm somebody that is very fascinated with like, you know, reading about wrestling news and listening to podcasts. I feel like for me, that's kind of a way that I can keep up on everything. Cause I'm very much the person that's like, okay, I watch all these different things, but I can't stay caught up on everything like fully. So it's like, Oh, I know about like, 80% of what's going on in um, AEW and I'm watching as much New Japan as I can or I you know, try to keep up with um, things for WWE you know, as much as I can but definitely podcast, um, reading news, that stuff definitely helps me kind of stay caught up with things. Um, so I kind of had this idea to you know, interview people that are involved in wrestling media to some capacity so I thought you'd be definitely a great person um, to talk to for that but I kind of wanted to start with when did you kind of first become a fan of wrestling? Was it something that you discovered later on in life? Is it something that it was lifelong for you? When did that kind of come into play for you? It's been relatively lifelong. Uh, it was, it was cla- class of champ, the clash of champions. Um, any four, I believe. Um, I, I should probably know like the exact number, but I don't. But my dad was just flipping through the channels, and it was Ric Flair and Arn Anderson against Vader in a handicap match. And I saw it. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And so my dad stopped and he watched it and I was just kind of hooked from there. And then throughout wait, 94 throughout 95, uh, I, I was a big WCW fan. And then I kind of discovered WWF WWE off of that as well. And it, yeah, that, that was pretty much the, the start of it. Like the, the mid nineties, um, what coming across flair and Arn against, uh, Vader at clash of champions and from there getting very hooked went to wcw world war three 1995 that that nice. event will forever hold a special place in my heart and at the time when i'm seeing hulk hogan go and observe this brother and burning <laughs> the observer and all the backstage stuff behind that little little like eight-year-old me is like hey this is awesome big hogan fan this is great i didn't quite understand what was actually going on i thought it was fantastic now you learn about all this stuff later in life. It's like, oh, there was, there was a lot happening at this segment that you did not think about. But yeah, it was uh, that Clash of Champions match would kind of kind of hooked me, and I was just immediately, I was immediately sold on it. Sure, sure. And I know for me too. I I'm um, I'll turn twenty six um, ne- oh this next gosh, month. Here. Yeah, I mean, I so I still like I grew up in the era of like, okay, WCW was. I probably I started pretty early when I was probably, gosh, born in ninety seven. I probably started two thousand one. So I was, I mean, and that's I don't have a lot of memories of what was going on then. But that's probably when it started for me. So at that point, WCW's closed down, so it was like all WWF, WWE stuff um, for me. But as I got older, I learned more about like, okay, here's TNA, here's Ring of Honor, here's New Japan, and. Um, I'm definitely not someone that, you know, is like, oh, I prefer, you know, I have my preferences, but I'm not like anti anything really, but I kind of learned about, okay, what else is out there? When did that kind of come into play for you where it's like, okay, you learned about promotions or independents that were outside of just um, WCW, WWE, things like that? Well, I mean, the big three at the time were always WCW, WWF, and then ECW. And I knew about those three, like there were like smaller territories 
during that time as well but i didn't really like you know, mid uh i guess it was mid mid south at the time or nwa like Cornette tried to bring nwa to wwf television and things like that and like that didn't really take off um i think memphis was i'm sure all these territories were, were around but like they just weren't big mm-hmm. at, at the time like it was those three so i always knew about those three and then once two of those went under you know ter- the territories were just they were kind of a, a dead thing by that period anyway. And then you saw the independence start to rise up. And like really from the start of the indie rise, I was I was kind of in on it. Um because you know, WCW and ECW were down. So it was only WWF in town. WWF went through a very kind of dead period in, in that mid mid two thousands uh time when ROH and TNA started popping up. And I was I ordered the first TNA pay-per-view i i ordered that pay-per-view i was watching like the first roh events and things like that so i was once like the independents started to like pop up and stuff i was following them fr- from the start so i kind of always knew i guess about the outside world since you know i got in mid 90s and i didn't i didn't know too much about the territories but once like the indie rise happened in the early 2000s i was i was in on that from the beginning yeah, something for me that i i didn't get into a little bit till you know later on because i was you know born in 97 so I knew strictly like that, you know, that down period that you mentioned, that's like what I remember the most about wrestling as a kid. So it's like, to me, it's like, I, I hold that period fondly just because it's like, okay, it's what you started watching those type of things. But, um, you know, and at that point I was kind of like, okay, right in like right before a lot of the stuff with the internet, I mean, internet was around, but it wasn't like, okay, we have access to things on streaming. So I was, um, I mentioned this with my interview with, um, Andrew, uh, Andrew Thompson, um, I was kind of like the, the poor kid growing up. So I had, you know, I had a few wrestling, you know, tapes I'd watch on TV, but never really the pay-per-views with a few exceptions. But I would, um, my, one of my fondest memory was like going to like video stores, right. And checking out, okay, my, my local video shop, and I grew up in a smaller town too. So they didn't have a ton of options. It was, um, 2001 Royal Rumble, I think WrestleMania 12. There was one more too, but those were the two that I remember the most where, you rent the same tape every, like, I don't know, once a month, probably the same thing, and just watch it again, same thing over and over. So Kids, for... yeah, kids these days don't know anything about that. I was I was yeah. the same way, again, mid, mid-90s and stuff. I was having my parents take me to Blockbuster, like, every weekend, like, what's the new wrestling tape? And then I wanted to watch the old stuff on top of that. So I'd see, like, the old WrestleMania videos. I'm like, ooh, I want to I wanna get those. The old Halloween Havoc was always a, a favorite of mine. So the old Halloween Havoc videos, I would I would want to rent those uh, when, I, when I was getting into it. But, yeah, the, the mid-late 90s, like, kids don't know anything about going to the Blockbuster every weekend and looking for the the latest wrestling release on the on the shelf there no not at all and that's something like part of me thinks like maybe it was a good thing that at that point i didn't have like uh didn't have like a peacock to go to watch old wwe uh, or wwf wcw stuff and they have a lot of other territory stuff there too but or like new japan world i'm like i probably wouldn't have done like anything else um (laughs) maybe you would because you'd have more options but then it's like okay you know, I'd watch the TVs, but yeah, it's a lot of going back to those same, those same tapes. And if they got something new, it was like a real, like a real treat. Like, Oh, I haven't seen this before. I got to check that out. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Like, um, again, go to, go to Blockbuster. That's basically what I did every single weekend. And if they didn't have anything new, I'd rent something that I'd already seen. Cause I'm just like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this again. Uh, the WCW Halloween havoc with the chamber of horrors match. I've probably watched that match way too often. <laughs> Because I, as a kid, I just rented that video all the time. So like this match is absurd. And it kind of started my love for like absurd kind of wrestling matches. I love the uh, the Doomsday uh, Tower tower match, uh, the Alliance and Hulkamania against Hogan and Savage at WCW Uncensored 1995. Absolutely love that match. It's the dumbest match of all time. It's still one of my favorites, though, because it's it's an absurd match. And I love just... Mm-hmm over-the-top, absurd, stupid matches. And, you know, so I I was going to ask you this too. So I know everybody kind of has their story of like, okay, they, they grew up watching wrestling. As they get a little bit older, they have that period where maybe they get out for a bit, come back to it later. Was that the case for you or, or did you kind of stick with it all the way through? I, I got out of like regular viewing habit when I was in college. Uh, when you're in college, a lot of things are going to take priority over your your weekly right, right. wrestling watching habits and everything like that. So yeah, definitely when I was in college, I kind of like, I waned a little bit. I still kept up with it online. I was still kind of in tune with everything that was going on online um, because I'd been writing about wrestling 
since I was a senior in high school. So I always like, even, even in college, I wanted to like keep up on the, the wrestling world because I kind of always wanted to write about mm -hmm. wrestling. Uh, but I wasn't watching weekly like appointment television, like, uh, like I used to when I was a kid or even nowadays where nowadays you got to watch daily with all the wrestling right. that's going on out there. Uh, but yeah, definitely in college, it kind of waned of like, all right, I'll just kind of watch like the important stuff, the stuff that like might interest me, big shows, like if mania rolled around, I'm like, all right, I'm watching mania mm -hmm. rumble kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my weekly habits were, were not there while I was in college. Sure. I kind of had the, uh, for some reason for me, it was like middle school years where, and it wasn't, I don't know, I don't even know the reason why I fell out. Just, I think it just got out of that habit and then busy with other things. I think I got back into things. I would always like keep up. Um, there's a, just maybe a two to three year period where I didn't really watch it all. After that, I, you know, catch up here and there. And then I, for some reason, I don't remember what year that was even, but um, early, like, I think early high school, I got back into things heavy and it's just never, never left after that point. Um, but so this is something that I always I ask like any of the wrestlers that I've interviewed, but also the people that work in media. Um, this is something that always fascinates me. Is where yes, you're a fan of something, you enjoy this. How did what's that mindset like, or what was your kind of path from um, I'm a fan of this to yes, I want to start like actually covering this? Where and you mentioned uh, you started in high school. How did that start for you? It started even before high school. I was yeah, I had my wrestling figures that I would play with and had the ring and everything. I would just do commentary on that and i always thought like i was gonna be a commentator i just that that's what i kind of had visions of of myself doing um i didn't know i went to i went to school for like uh broadcast journalism initially but then like as i started writing about it when i was in uh high school i was like oh i kind of like the writing aspect of it more than I like the the broadcasting mm. aspect of it. So I had my my notebooks that were like full of like matches and, and storylines and I'd, I'd write my own like promos for these guys awesome. and stuff. So I, I really fell in love with like the writing aspect of wrestling after I got got my thoughts together a little bit more. Um, and yeah, I just in high school, I just kind of went to any website that was out there. The, the big ones at the time were like a uh, Raha Raja uh, Gerwick and, and 411 mania. And like, I was just like, Hey, can I just like write some stuff for you guys? And, and I just wrote a couple things for Gerwick. I wrote a couple things for 411. I would write on like message boards and, and things like that. So I would just try to write about it as much as I could in, in various formats and everything inside pulse was kind of the first one that I, I really latched on to as far as like that gave me a steady consistent sort of gig uh so yeah that that's sort of just how it how it all began is really from the moment i could start commentating matches with my action figures i was like this is sort of what i want to do i want to be involved in this some way and somehow and then once the internet became bigger and bigger and opportunities kind of popped up i just i uh i kept um kept going with that Sure. And that's something, do you mention the action figures? And so anyone that's listening, you cannot see what's behind me here, but I've got a ton of action figures in the background too. So that's, that's kind of, for me, that was kind of one of my gateways into wrestling too. I, I think I almost uh, discovered the figures before I actually watched wrestling on TV. That might've been the, the kind of the gateway there for me too, but um, okay. So how did you get hooked up with, with, with Fightful? Cause Fightful is, you know, it's been around now for a while, but it's still kind of on the newer side. Um, how did you start with them? Cause you were kind of uh, they're pretty early on for them, correct? Yeah, I was I was with Fightful almost. I think they started in 2016, and I think I came in in 2017. So yes, I was I was in there pretty early. Um, you know, I'd been writing about wrestling for like 10 years yeah. at yeah. this point. It, it was on and off. It was never like a full time thing okay. for me because I was in high school. I went to college. I did that. Um, at, after college, I was just trying to. I you know wrestling didn't pay a whole lot of bills uh writing right. about it or content creation didn't pay a whole lot of bills and or provide the income that i would uh, i would like so i had a i had an actual like nine to five job and everything but even when i had a free moment i was probably writing online whether it be wrestling or mma or basketball or hockey or really anything i could write about because those are my, my passions and what i had a hobby for mm -hmm. uh so the stuff with fightful came about i was at it was actually mma stuff that i started okay. with fightful yeah. at was i i was just kind of taking any gig i could get especially if it paid if it fell into the realm of wrestling basketball hockey mma type of thing and um uh 
Sean had posted, Sean Ross Sapp had posted they were looking for um, some MMA coverage. And and James, um, and I hate that his last name is slipping my mind, right? James Lynch. Uh, James Lynch had, had retweeted and I followed I followed James Lynch for, for MMA stuff. And so he'd retweeted and I saw that Sean was looking for someone to cover the UFC post-fight uh, post press conferences and stuff. I was like, all right, cool. Let me reach out, see what I can do here. And so I messaged him. I was like, hey, I'd like to cover this stuff. You know, let me know what you think. He'd seen my work. I'd been writing for 411 Mania for yeah. a long time mm -hmm. off of this. Uh, people who know Larry Zonka know that he was the absolute best when it came to like reviewing matches, ratings. Like he watched literally every single thing out there. Um, so I, I I was good friends with, with Larry Zonka and stuff. So Sean had mentioned to me, he's like, I saw you work with Larry. I know Larry's work ethic. If you have like half of that, you will be good. So Sean saw all of that. He saw kind of my history and everything I've done. He let me do the UFC post-fight coverage. And then since they were sort of a newer website and trying to grow and everything, I, I just kept telling him, basically bugging him of like, anything you need, let me do. Anything I can do, please let me do. And then finally, um, the, the person who used to work at Fightful and do the weekly news, Pat Fannin, uh, he went on to become like a master brewer, uh, like beer brewer and stuff. He he was stepping down from doing like the weekly wrestling news coverage. And I already helped out with that a little bit here and there. But when Sean put out, hey, we're looking for someone to cover wrestling news, I messaged him. I was like, hey, like, can can I throw my name in this hat? Like, can I help with the, the wrestling news coverage? Because I see you're looking for somebody. And Sean was like, yeah, I'd like to give the opportunity to someone who kind of already knows our system and things like that. So I, I started doing the wrestling news coverage and here, here we are, here we are, uh, you know, what, however many, five years, six years <laughs> later, way too many years later. And I'm, I'm still doing it and doing kind of even more on top of that. So you, yeah, that's something. And, and I want to get back to some of like the news writing too, but since um, we're kind of going that direction too. So when did the, when did the podcast stuff come into play for you? Cause like you had been writing forever. When did you start with doing some podcasts? I'd been doing podcasts for, for years mm -hmm. at, at this point. Like I would do my own podcast. Um, just, just yeah. On my own in, in my bed or whatever with no actual like great equipment. Uh, I had a podcast that was just, uh, called people can look this up if they want. Uh, it was called man cave podcast, um, or thoughts from the man cave. And that was like writing and podcast and stuff. And it was a lot of wrestling and, and, uh, and, and MMA coverage and things like that. So I would do podcasts for 411. I would do podcasts on my own. So yeah, I'd been doing that even as far back as like 2010, 11. I wrote for Five Ounces of Pain. Um, that's an that's MMA website. I actually don't know if they exist mm -hmm. still. Uh, but at the time, it was a big MMA website. Right. And I, I was doing podcasts on there. So yeah, that was something that I'd been doing forever. I never wanted to do video podcasts and video podcasts weren't really like a thing in the, from like 2010 to 2015. For the most part, it was all just like audio stuff. Mm -hmm. Video podcasts kind of, I feel became bigger when like YouTube became bigger and stuff like that. I could be completely wrong, but this is just my, my recollection right, right. of things. And I never really wanted to do video. I was like, oh, I'm happy just doing kind of audio. Fightful was the first time I like really did some video podcasts on stuff but yeah i've been doing podcasts for a very long time please nobody go back and listen to those podcasts like i don't think i'm very good now i know 10 years ago i was not very good i know something like for for me and i've only done like a few i'm just getting started with some of the podcast stuff too and i i, I make myself go back and listen to my stuff because i got to edit it all that stuff and it is um, like, and I've gotten some good feedback from people, but it is for me, it is so painful to go back and listen to my myself. I enjoy like re-listening to like the interview stuff that I've been doing um, and hearing the, the guests talk, but listening to myself is like, it's like the worst thing in the world. Um, that's, it's terrible. I just can't, can't stand it. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. Even, even nowadays, again, I don't think like I'm great nowadays, uh, but especially when I have to go back and we do a lot of interviews and I got to go back and like transcribe it. I was like, Oh, that question was terrible. Could have asked this better. I think that's like how you improve um, is to kind of listen to yourself and sort of take your own advice 
on things, but it's still just a, a pain to like listen to yourself and and hear what you have to say. It's like, oh man, I don't I don't like my voice either. So yeah, listening to yourself to me is like the worst thing in the world. Sure. And I'm um I'm pretty familiar with what you're you've been working on here recently with with the with the spotlight with Steven Jensen and also working on in the weeds too. So for somebody that hasn't listened to like the stuff that you're working on now, how would you best uh, best describe those shows that you're currently working um, on? Yeah, so so Spotlight is it's been going on for over a year now uh, with myself and and Steven Jensen. We try to cover a little bit of everything. Obviously, the main things we're gonna hit are WWE and AEW, but then we have like an other category which kind of encompasses television promotions, like a like even ROH, New Japan, MLW, NWA, things like that. And then we have uh, an independent category which is of course going to cover like your independents that are like streaming online type of thing. So we try to hit a little bit of everything when it comes to that. And it might be a news item some weeks, but a lot of times it's what you're going to see, what you're watching on TV, things like that. And then we have a, an interview portion as well. And truthfully, like, when we started it, my idea was just kind of do like, hey, let's interview like kind of content creators and get their get their story and stuff like that. So a lot of the early interviews were more of like content creators and things. And it was always fun to talk to like fellow writers, podcasters, interviewers, whatever they might do in the content creation space and just hear kind of their journey, hear how they discovered wrestling, hear the kind of content they like to create and things like that. And then we just started doing wrestler interviews as well. And I got to give a lot of credit to, to Jensen because he's very plugged in to the independent scene and especially like the uh, Southeast scene and stuff. So he reaches out to a lot of these wrestlers and gets them on the show. And they're very generous with their time as well. We just did an interview with the one called Manders. That was an hour and 20 minutes. We did an interview with uh, Jeremy Padua of, of Jazzwares. That was over an hour. So Jensen is great about just like reaching out to, to all of these people and trying to get them on the show. So yeah, we try to cover a little bit of everything. We try to also interview somebody so everybody gets a little bit of something, hopefully, from from that show. And In the Weeds is in a similar sort of vein in that we like to cover a little bit of everything, but it's three days a week. So you're going to focus on sort of the big topics that are happening in the world of wrestling. Like, So it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it's whatever happened on Sunday, we'll talk about on Monday, whatever happened on Tuesday, kind of like catch up. So you're going to talk about like whatever the major topics are in wrestling uh, for that day. But we also like to interview kind of, kind of content creators who are, um, I guess, parallel to, to that topic. So like if SummerSlam, SummerSlam's coming up. So if somebody was at SummerSlam, one of our, our friends in the media, it's like, okay, yeah, you were there. You did interviews. Come talk to us, come break down SummerSlam with us and then we like to have independent wrestlers on or hopefully not in independent wrestlers hopefully we've had people from like impact and mlw and and those uh in new japan on our show as well but if like they are coming off of a big show or they just had a bit or they have an upcoming big show we like to talk to them it's very so my idea for for in the weeds and joel pearl is is the co-host and he does a just a fantastic job of like steering the conversation and, and uh adding and allowing me to argue with him a lot of times um but my idea was I'm a big fan of the the Dan Patrick show. Uh, Dan Patrick's been around forever. People might remember him on like Sports Center and things like that. I used to watch that show religiously um, until I started kind of covering wrestling every morning and were, was listening to 300 interviews a day. But I was a big fan of, of the Dan Patrick show and I've had a lot of driving this year and I sort of rediscovered my love for the show. And I'm like, there's no real morning show in wrestling there's busted open and i think busted open does a great job by the way uh they're they're also sort of a, a little bit of a inspiration for in the weeds but i was like there's no real just like daily morning show daily was a little bit too much for for me just like scheduling and things like that but i was like we can do this at least three days a week and so that's really what it is it's just a daily morning uh, wrestling morning show where it's like hey we're going to talk about the the hot news that's going on we're going to interview wrestlers hopefully people learn about these wrestlers and we like to have a little bit of fun on there too so uh, I, I really love doing both shows I'm really happy with both shows I think both shows uh, hopefully for for others at least in my opinion as, as well like have some value in this space somebody gets something out of it and yeah I, it's both of them are very fun to do hopefully people listen to to one or the other or both 
Yeah, definitely. And it's something I like that you guys have like that consistent pattern because I'm someone that goes through a lot of podcasts, right? So I mean, if I'm driving to work, I've got one on. If I'm, you know, if I have any free time at work where I can just do uh, with my job, I, I can't listen to stuff most of the time, but I've got those windows of time if I'm working on some paperwork or I can listen to a podcast. If I'm going for a run, right, I can, I can listen to it then. So I, I try to pop in live when I can. I listen to things mostly when it's recorded listen back later but um yeah I, I like the i like like you mentioned the variety that you guys have i'm not just saying that because i, I have you here um now but definitely it's it's nice that where i can okay kind of catch up on some of the big stuff i like hearing your guys's opinions on that too and you know which is yeah like you said not always in agreement but i think that's what makes it kind of fun right if everybody agreed on everything there would be no conversation um but i i like that you guys shine kind of a spotlight on like the independent stuff too and what's going outside of I like hearing both the WWE and AEW stuff too, but it's kind of nice that you guys have that other category that doesn't get as much attention elsewhere. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed that um, that part of the show for sure. I, I appreciate it, and that that was something that I, I definitely wanted to do because everybody can talk about AEW WWE. There's three million podcasts about those those particular companies and look they they draw though that's what people are going to listen to and things like that i totally get it i'm not telling everybody anybody to do to do otherwise here but they're a lot of these independent people deserve deserve that like we i've seen with busted open now every friday they date they do kind of an independent spotlight mm -hmm. now um we should maybe you know get, send send a legal letter to them for for what they call <laughs> what they call that segment um i i see the kurt angle show he he's yeah, having like yeah. independent wrestlers on and interviewing them and he mentions like yeah we want to talk to more independent guys because what what happens or what people hopefully are starting to realize is these independent wrestlers they're going to hopefully be the the future AEW WWE stars. Like yeah, it's exactly. not going to be the same people on top for years. And so if you kind of shine a little light on them now, a lot of these guys remember that. Yeah, and it, it, yeah. I'm not saying this is our goal of like, Hey, when you're in WWE, remember what I did for you uh, five years ago, but it is a thing of like, they, they do remember that. And then they, you might need their help down the line. They might need your help down the line with something. And you just, it's this business, especially the business of like journalism, the business of media, it's about establishing relationships, right? Yeah. You want to try to have relationships with a lot of different people. You want to try to have uh, good relationships with a lot of different people. And so if you talk about them on your shows, if you interview them on your shows, it's just a good olive branch that a lot of people just end up remembering i can't tell you how many people where yeah we talk about wbaw we just even if it's a brief like two minute conversation about something on spotlight that during our indie spotlight por portion they'll reach out to jensen and be like hey heard you talking about me on the show today i really appreciate that thanks for the coverage and next thing we know they're on our show and like right. it's just you just kind of form relationships in this way and that's how i've looked at it is like look we don't get any WWE AEW interviews. We don't talk to to those talents and that that's completely fine. So we're going to talk to people who we can talk to, who maybe have been on AEW TV, who maybe been on WWE TV, who certainly have aspirations to be on those television shows. And again, it's it's remembered in that. So that was something I just really wanted to do when when starting both of these things like let's talk about this stuff that not a whole lot of people talk about, especially on like bigger platforms because you know the big websites they're going to go with what's drawing money yeah and what's drawing money is obviously wwe aew talk so i'm in a good position to where i can i can try to use this platform to to help out uh the the independent scene as best i can sure and i think i think there's definitely there's that section of the audience i think i'd throw myself in that category like i will come back to podcasts that they take the time to do things like that because i think one i like hearing about it but two it it's something where it's like, oh, if I hear like you guys say, oh, I watch this show even, or I, I watch this match, go check it out. Cause I'm always looking for new things. I just might not always hear about it. And I'm not probably as plugged into social, social media stuff as a lot of people are too. So there's a lot of things that I miss too. So if I hear somebody that, and you know, I've listened to you guys and like respect your opinions. If you guys say, oh, go check this out. That's a good indication for me. Like if I go to this, it's going to be good something maybe I haven't seen before or I get to see new people. That's something for me is always like a big drawing card to keep coming back, listen to the shows, check those things out too. So um, definitely something that I, I really appreciate for sure. 
I appreciate again. I appreciate the the kind words on that. And yeah, like we wanna we want all wrestling to succeed. And yeah, people probably do tune in for Jensen being a hater on LA Knight or Joel what being wrong about whatever he's gonna be wrong about uh, on a certain show. But yeah, if we can steer people into learning about a guy like Alec Price, who I think is going to be a major player for one of these companies in the next couple of years awesome like the more alec price fans we can create that that's big thing uh to me the more cole radrick fans we can create i'm i'm for that because uh, these guys work hard on the independent scene and they they deserve a little extra attention if we could just make one person a fan of these guys of just you know we don't want the credits or anything but if one person comes up to them it's like hey i saw your interview on spotlight or hey i heard you talking to them on in the weeds or they talked about you on in the weeds like cool we we just made them a fan hopefully they're a fan for life because they're all at least in in my experiences they they're all good people and they're all working hard and they they all people always say support independent wrestling support the independent wrestlers and stuff we try our best to do that and hopefully it creates new fans for these people yeah definitely too and i think like you guys had talked about with your last interview with with manders too about like his desire to go to japan with gcw like so you guys were like trying to like okay like putting it out there like okay let's make this happen too or i saw that you wrote a headline about him wanting to have a, a match with uh moxley too so like things like that like those things like people see that is it going to be 100 percent success right no but that's kind of i think ways that you guys can definitely help guys out and um kind of get the ball rolling for them too you'd you'd be shocked um at just like I think everyone kind of knows just how big social media has become. Uh, you would definitely be shocked of just like saw this on social media and then it became a thing. Like that is what, what happens. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times or, or certain wrestlers who have messaged myself or Jensen after an interview, after I wrote an article of like, Hey man, I got this booking or I got this deal because of that interview we did or that article that you wrote. And it's just like, Hey, like, you know, you're the one who said it. I'm just, I'm trying to get as much attention on it a as I can one, because it's good content, I think for the, for the website. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and two, because like you took the time out to talk to us, the least I can do is take time out to like give you as much kind of promotion as I can. And I think that's a, a big difference in, kind of what we do and what like I, I I search for podcasts all day. I try to find podcasts. A, a large chunk of my day is just like searching for different podcasts. I see these wrestlers are, are doing interviews with various platforms who have very varying degrees of, of views. And this is, this is not a, a view knock at all. I think the more interviews you do, the better. And I think it helps everybody, whether it does zero views or whether it does 3 million views. Like, I think it is all helpful. What I try to do is just go above for, for everybody in the sense of you're going to do an interview on our show. Not only is it going to be on our show, part of our live portion of the show, it's going to be a cut portion on the website as well. So it stands alone as a singular interview. And then I'm going to write an article on it. So people who maybe don't want to listen to it, who just maybe want to read the headline, they can read the headline off of it as well. And a lot of wrestlers appreciate that. And I appreciate, again, one, that they appreciate it, and two, that they that they take their time out to do this stuff. So, yeah, I, I want to help just as much as, I, as much as I can. I want to help wrestling and wrestlers as much as I can because it's allowed me to pay, pay bills for my family, and I don't want to ever lose this job either and the best way to kind of ensure that is to continue to just be helpful and prove you have value in this space in some way sure and i'm not sure if you've experienced this or not too because um, i think people think about like especially that are fans of wrestling right and to do what you do for for a living and and think that it's you know um a gig that's always enjoyable which i'm assuming that it, it is enjoyable too but definitely still a lot of work that goes into that um and I, I've, I've noticed that too, about people that, you know, write articles, but are also doing audio stuff too, right? If you, if you look at, um, sites and like when things are posted, right, you're kind of working nonstop. It's like, it's kind of yeah. like a 24 hour a day gig, right? Where you're, <laughs> you're, you're going between, okay, what's happening here? What's happening here? Oh, I've got to prepare for this audio show or now I guess you're using video too, but, um, doing podcasts, things like that. Um, how do you balance 
how do you balance that? How, what does your typical day look like? Oh, oh man. Um, yeah, it, it's funny that you mentioned like, yeah, if you look at sort of posts when I do, you can find me doing a post at like 6am in the morning, because especially during, during the school year, cause, cause I have kids and they got to be up for school very early. So I'm up for school, uh, to help them get prepared for that very early. And then once they're off to school, it's like, well, guess it's time to work now. So yeah, you can find me doing posts at like 6am all the way to like 11pm because shows don't end until 11pm. If it's an AEW pay per view, the press conference doesn't start until 1am. Yeah, right. Those are late. So yep. I'm staying up real late for those. So my day today is really all over the place. But when it comes to like news writing, and this is where there is like a grind because I try to wear many hats and this is going back to like, I want to just be helpful and valuable. The easiest way to do that is to prove yourself in many different aspects mm -hmm. of things. Some people can just do a podcast and they can be very good at podcasts. And there, there are a lot of just like excellent people in this space who just do a great job at a podcast. Some people just can, can write news and are very good at that. Some people are great at transcribing. I try to just be very good at all of them and i try to just stay busy on on top of that because especially nowadays there's two major companies two major television companies there's a bunch of different independents there's literally wrestling on television every single night there's a there's a big event nearly every single weekend wrestlers are doing more media nowadays than ever the pandemic really because that you couldn't uh you couldn't do in-person interviews and stuff. So everyone learned like, oh, we can just do interviews over over Skype or over StreamYard or over Zoom. Like we can just do that. So now that's made it a lot easier to do like interviews. Social media is a big thing. So wrestlers are just like tweeting news or they might have like a funny tweet or something. There's literally always something to do in the world of wrestling. And, and for someone like me who wants to stay busy and who can do a lot of different things. And I, I feel it was very good at doing a lot of different things. I can just kind of jump online for like an hour and be like, Oh, I want to listen to this interview. Oh, I see this tweet is kind of like blown up. Maybe I should cover that. Oh, this show ran uh, last night. Maybe I should cover that. Like there's just kind of always something to do in the news realm. My typical day to day though is I, I wake up, I just start listening to interviews. I start looking for maybe news from the prior night that, that didn't get covered or news from the morning that needs to be covered. And then I, I typically, my all my shows are morning shows at this point. So I'll, I'll have the show from Thursdays is, is at 9.30, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is at, is at 10 o'clock. So I'll do the show. If we did an interview on the show, I'll try to transcribe some some interview, some quotes from our interviews because that's very important to, to run. Um, otherwise I just, I try to just stay very present and, and stay a little bit plugged in when it comes to, to the, the news stuff, because, and there's literally always something to do. And, and that is, it does become a grind. It a hundred percent becomes a grind of like, yeah, there's something to do, but like, do you always want to be doing something? No. Right. Yeah. I got a wife and four kids. Like they, they of course need attention. I want to give them mm -hmm. attention. I want to do things with them. I do want to unplug and I try my best to do that, but there are certain, they understand the, there are no like off hours at, at my job. And so when I have to work, like, let's take like a oh, WrestleMania week, WrestleMania week, there's 3 million things going on. They understand like, oh, Jeremy's in his office for you know, 20 hours a day. Maybe I'll sleep the other four hours. Right. Like they, they completely understand that. And my wife is the true like MVP of everything because she's the one taking care of the kids. Without her, I don't know what I'd be doing, but, but she's the one who has to do the important work. I always tell her this. I always say this, but like she does the important work of running the day-to-day, -day, run running the household, taking care of the kids. I just write about wrestlers. I write about men fighting, men and women fighting in their underwear for a living. That's what I do for a living. She has the important job around here. Yeah, I think it's something that's that's something that I always am kind of fascinated with too. Because I, I mean, I work a nine to five job, and 
it's it's hard enough to like in that type of scenario to kind of have you know depending on the job i think everybody experiences that to some degree of just okay what is that balance i think it would be even harder for someone like you where it's just okay like you said there's wrestling on tv i think every night of the week but then there's shows going on again like you said that are outside of that too that you guys have to have to cover um how do you kind of decompress and like how do you unplug like what are some things this is kind of a different question but what are some things that you do to kind of take some time away from from wrestling when you can uh basically spend time with with my family that's Mm -hmm legitimately it otherwise i am very much just plugged in to wrestling and when it comes to the news especially is i don't have hours so it it'd probably be easier if i it was just like okay i'm working nine to five but from five to nine i can do whatever i want Mm -hmm. you know in the in the world of wrestling in in the world of news like well most of the shows don't start until eight so if i'm on covering news all day cool technically maybe i don't have to work during the shows but i gotta watch the shows right but it's like oh i've spent nine to five covering wrestling maybe there's a little break there but at eight o'clock now i gotta watch two to three hours of wrestling type of thing so there's not always like a break from wrestling uh but when there is when i am able to decompress it's largely just spending time with, with family um i don't play as many video games as i used to i used to really try to like all right, I'm going to take time out of my day to play video games. I don't do that as much anymore. I should probably do better at that. Um, yeah, it's spending time with my family or just like watching a sports game. I, I still love basketball and hockey. So I will try to just like, all right, wrestling might be on, but especially if it's like an NXT show, no offense to NXT, or if it's a <laughs> Thursday show, like those shows can kind of, yeah. I can wait a day on right. that, yeah. right? That's not something... I got to watch live. So it's like, all right, let me, let me watch the basketball game that's on tonight. So that's basically my decompression is whatever I, I got to do for my family. They're always going to be my, my priority. And then if I'm able to like watch a sports game, I will attempt to do that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. This one's probably a, a tough question too, because there's so much that you've, that you've done too, but is there, is there a highlight for you, whether it's an interview that you have done or a, or a headline that you've written, anything that stands out for you is like, okay, here's maybe one or two things that are like, okay, here's a, a career highlight for for you there's there's honestly a few um and and most of them were with fightful i i did have a lot of fun back in the way back i did a mma show with my friend uh samer who's like who's who's my best friend and we just did a podcast together and then he got a real job and could not do podcasting and stuff anymore but a lot of those shows were just fun because it was just like two friends just bantering about and we really didn't at that time we didn't have a whole lot of like aspirations of doing this for for a living because we just had we had jobs that was a hobby for us but i look back though on those fondly um as far as more new stuff that'll i know about stand the test of time but stuff that like people have have spoken about or people know about uh the biggest one when it comes to the headline is the the brian danielson uh meme where he said i tree tree sperm um this is the the biggest thing and he's like you know apples is just tree semen i eat tree semen all day or every day and there's the 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 picture of his face and like they turn that into a t-shirt and they turn that into a t-shirt because i abuse that thumbnail for for any brian danielson headline because brian danielson says some very off the cuff things but he's awesome and you know fightful sean put out a report that like AEW held a talent meeting of like social media conduct, intermediate, just media conduct in general. And Danielson like kind of brought that up. So like, I know he's aware of it in some capacity. Do I, does he know, is it me? Probably not. Does he know it's fightful? Maybe, but he's aware of it in in some capacity. And like, that's my favorite wrestler of all time. So like, that's, that's a cool little thing. He's, he signed, uh, he signed an apple at a convention the other year and somebody was like, Hey, can you try sign my, my tree sperm for, for me? Um, so like stuff like that is very niche in the world of wrestling, but it's something that's like, all right, that's, that's a cool thing that I, I kind of did. And then the, the other big thing that I did that I'm really happy with was, uh, I went to AW full gear 2019. It was their first pay-per-view after they'd been on TV and 
they ran the, the main event or one of the, the main events. The main event was actually a lights out match between Moxley and, and Omega. Mm-hmm. But the big match was Jericho and Cody from that show. And they did like a sort of a dark side of the ring spoof with, with Jericho where he was the AEW champion and they brought Soul Train Jones, who was Virgil. Mm-hmm. Um, and they his name was Soul Train Jones on television. It was a great video package, just a hilarious, hilarious video package. If people, if newer fans have not seen it, uh, go, go seek this out. But I was at Full Gear and I was at, they, the StarCast was part of this. And so I just had the idea of, I'm going to ask all of these wrestlers, hey, what are your thoughts on Soul Train Jones coming in? Like, how helpful has he been backstage? <laughs> and like some of the wrestlers like really played along with it well of like, oh yeah, he's been great type of thing. Uh, Britt Baker was completely thrown off. She's like, so what, huh? I thought we were about to talk about like my match and everything. I was like, well, we'll get to that. But like, I want to know your thoughts on Soul Train Jones. <laughs> and like a lot, again, a lot of them had fun and Britt had fun with it after that. She was, uh, but some of them were just like, very like, taken aback by this question uh and i got to ask jericho about him in the the media scrum i was like oh how much does soul train jones help with your training and things and i turned that into like an oral history of like soul train jones in AEW, and that was like one of the funnest things that i was able to do uh especially way back when i was just kind of just sort of starting out as that stuff because like i was not comfortable interviewing wrestlers at all especially in person at that time so it was like a very easy like icebreaker with with a lot of these wrestlers Mm -hmm. of just like thoughts on soul train jones and then i could kind of gauge how they were feeling about things and that sort of steered the direction of the conversation so yeah i would say the danielson headlines and the meme face that ended up becoming a t-shirt and then more of a personal thing was the the soul train jones uh oral history of him in aw or my two that really stand out to me sure sure Okay. So, I mean, last couple of things here I wanted to ask you about. Um, anything that people, anyone, for anyone that's listening here, anything that's coming up next for you that you think people should check out? Oh, I'm... Without spoiling yeah, oh. anything that you maybe can't announce yet, but um, <laughs> any any hints of just like, okay, what to check out coming up? Well, I don't I don't like announcing anything until it's official anyway. I don't even like, like, we got guest book, and I don't even like being like, oh yeah, this person's going to be on the show this week. We have this person next week. We have this person in three weeks because you never know what can fall through. Right, uh, yep. You know, the, the old, the old meme is like plans change type of thing. Like I'm very much a believer in that. Like, yeah, they might say they're going to be there. And so far, like we've had a good hit rate of guys and girls like showing up when they said they're going to show up. But I never like to announce anything because then you can kind of only lead to disappointment with that stuff. I would rather be like, all right, we got this scheduled. Hopefully it comes through. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. But until like it happens, especially if it's a recorded thing, until it happens, I don't like saying anything. Um, no big like big workings coming up as far as I know. It's, it's kind of the usual stuff that I'm always working on, whether it be news articles, daily stuff, um, spotlight in the weeds, just stuff I do with uh, Fightful Overbooked. Like it's all, everything's just kind of, set in stone right now i'm i'm very fortunate to be in a position where like if i want to do something new if i want to try to do something different i can uh and sean and fightful are very supportive of everything that i do but i don't have like any big plans of like i'm working on this and i hope to have this done very soon i'm i'm i take things very much day by day i don't have long-term aspirations that i'm that i'm really working on uh like right now type of thing which uh, maybe i should but i i'm I'm happy where i'm at i'm i'm good at at what i'm doing i'm good where i'm at and like i like just kind of going day by day and if something pops up where inspiration strikes i'm like all right i want to do this then i will do it sure i think that's kind of a good place to be then right where you feel like you have some flexibility too and i'm totally on board for not announcing anything until it happens too just even like outside of this, right? If you have good news that comes up, like until it happens, it's it's not it's not a reality yet. So I'm totally on board for that. That's I think a, probably a good way to go. Good way to go about things for sure. <laughs> Um, so, um, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, Jeremy. You've been very generous with your time. Uh, before we get out of here though, where can people, we talked about some of your shows and want to mention, you know, obviously your podcasts are available through like Fightful on YouTube and also, 
um, through podcast apps, but then Fightful Overbooked is another place for In the Weeds to to check out. Plus, you mentioned the the extra interviews from the Spotlight will be posted there too. Um, where else can people find your your things like through social media? Um, I don't like plugging my Twitter. I don't want people to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I know that might be bad, but don't follow me on Twitter. Follow at Fight Talk underscore on Twitter. That's Stephen Jensen's Twitter. Follow follow him. He does a much better job of like promoting the the spotlight than, than I do. Uh, I know I do other stuff, but yeah, I troll a lot on Twitter. I don't troll people. I just have like trolling tweets, and so people don't. I, maybe they find it funny or whatever. I don't think my, my Twitter has like a whole lot of value in terms of like, ah, you're going to get great insight from Jeremy on, on Twitter. You're going to get a lot of breaking news and stuff from Jeremy. No, you're going to, you're going to get stuff. Like I, I tweeted uh, last night. I don't know when this airs, but when I, when I tweeted the recent episode of AW collision, where I just said like, Oh, everybody hates when WWE brings in movie stars and people from entertainment and gives them part-time stuff. But here's Ricky rabies from heels coming in with uh, calling himself the real world champion. And no one's complaining about this. It's like, that's kind of the very trolly stuff that, that I like to do. So if you, if you like that, you can follow me on Twitter. Otherwise, if you want to like support, follow the work that I do, you can go to fightful.com. You will most likely see my name somewhere on the main page there. You can click my name. That's my author tag. You can see all of the work that that I have done. Uh, if you do, and if you want to further support, uh, FightfulOverbooked.com. That's our kind of our secondary Fightful platform. That's where In the Weeds is. That's where Spotlight interviews will air. Uh, and we got a lot of great content creators on the, on that platform as well, doing a, a various shows throughout the week. So you go to FightfulOverbooked.com. You can just go to Fightful.com and, and click my author page if you would like. If you do want to listen to me talk more, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is in the weeds from 10 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern. That's on Fightful Overbooked. And then Spotlight is 9.30 a.m. Eastern. That's on the main Fightful channel. Sure. 9.30 sure. a.m. Eastern on Thursdays, every Thursday. I don't think I said Thursday. So I'm very bad Thursday. at promotion. <laughs> no, you're yes. good. You're good. Well, uh, Jeremy, I can't thank you enough for taking the time um, again to to do this. I'd hope to have you on some point in the future, but thank you again for taking the time. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm always happy to do these interviews. I always like supporting anybody that, that I can support because, like I said, it's all about forming relationships, building relationships, and you never know when people might, might need something. And you want to just – if I could leave anybody with any type of advice, it is be good to everyone you come in contact with because you just don't know if you may need their help down the line. They might need your help further down the line. And if we're all just good to each other, I think everything grows off of that. So uh, I appreciate you reaching out. Um, shout out to the GOAT, Andrew Thompson, who who had kind things to say and was like, got to do this. I was like, all right, Andrew, if you vouch, then I'm good. <laughs> That's the only endorsement that I need. Uh, yeah, if you need anything in the future, let me know. No, sounds good. Good, good advice to end on. Thanks again, Jeremy. Thank you.